0: This is the 40th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Town Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student, and if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. I just had a large increase in subscribers due to my election night podcast slash newsletter. So if you're one of those new subscribers, welcome. I want to briefly explain this project before I get started into this week's episode. Decoding Fox News was designed to help the friends, family members, neighbors, coworkers, and colleagues of people who are deeply entrenched in the Fox News universe. Think of this as a support network of sorts to help you navigate the nonsense that your Fox-loving friends might spew at you. Throughout this podcast, I will refer to something called the newsletter. It can be found at my Substack channel for Decoding Fox News. The newsletter is basically a written version of the podcast. Some of the sources I cite are hyperlinked in the newsletter. So if you ever want to find a source for something, look for that newsletter with the same name as the podcast episode that you just listened to it should be right underneath the podcast episode in the sub stack. They lined right up right on top of each other. Now, if you're, a- if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you might know already that I had a death in the family and I'm currently not in New York. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. My beloved aunt died after a fairly nasty battle with ALS and, um, I have her visitation and her funeral mass to go to uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. I'll be back in Brooklyn late Wednesday night. So I'm currently in my sister's basement, which is um, cement walls with cement floors and lots of smooth surfaces, which make absolutely terrible acoustics, especially when talking into a microphone, into a computer. Um, So what I have done is a trick I learned in Grad school, and this is, I just want to paint a picture. Anybody who's had to do audio on the fly has done this. You take a blanket or a coat and you drape it over your head, over the computer, and over the microphone. And this creates kind of a tent, which kind of closes your acoustics in. So if you've ever seen reporters do this, that's what they're doing. They're talking into a microphone. It's a little nutty. So just picture that. And my blanket is a novelty throw that I bought for my niece a few years ago that's from the NBC show. I think it's NBC. I don't know anymore, for The Office, um, the comedy show, that was very funny. And so I'm looking right now at a, a thing that says Beats, Bears, and Battlestar Galactica, which, you know, hey, why not? I've seen every single episode because my niece is a super fan. And um, I I know she gets mad at me over this, but the British version was funnier. I'm sorry, it just was. The BBC was just, oh, my God. So anyway, ha, 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 ha. And right before we get started on the episode, I also want to say very briefly That Decoding Fox News is funded via a grant, and that grant runs out in February, and we're very much looking for a new home for Decoding Fox News, or possibly sustaining this project on its own. Not sure if either is going to happen, or if either is possible, but I do want to say that the enthusiasm of the audience is part of what keeps me going, and the fact that this audience continues to grow every single week, which is absolutely amazing, and that the feedback um, I've gotten, especially over the election night episode and other things that I put together, like the Twitter thread for the election night, um, was also just amazing. And thank you so much. And this is very much a one woman show. I do absolutely everything myself from watching the episodes, cutting them, editing, making the Twitter videos, putting this thing together with a laptop and a dream and <laughs> a really old microphone. On to the headline Fox News Young voters were brainwashed. Everyone is going to starve and freeze. Happy Thanksgiving. A condensed overview of 15 hours of Fox News for the week ending November 27, 2022. Fox fans celebrated Thanksgiving last week as their favorite news anchors talked about starving Americans who were freezing in their homes due to President Biden's terrible policies. Several Fox hosts came up with elaborate theories of why Republicans couldn't lure more young voters in the midterms while also dedicating an inordinate amount of time to an unsolved murder in Idaho. Anyone who exclusively watched Fox News last week would have no idea that a major earthquake hit Indonesia or that Russia is purposely targeting Ukrainian power plants in an effort to freeze the country into submission. They might have also missed recent updates to NASA's latest mission to the moon. The War on Christmas has already started, as I found exactly one mention of the phrase War on Christmas in the transcripts from last week. I'm sure this is the beginning of the usual annual onslaught of fear-mongering about the beloved Christian holiday. Last week was a typical holiday week for Fox. Some of the shows were obviously pre-taped and filled with recycled segments. An episode of The Five featured an entire hour of viewer fan mail, and Rachel Campos-Duffy hosted Fox & Friends. The five and Jesse Waters primetime all in the same day. So I, I don't know how she slept or functioned because you know, for Fox and Friends you got to get up super early because uh, the show starts at 6 a.m and Jesse Waters uh, also starts at 7 pm. So yeah, I hope they paid her well. Anyway, first story up, how PBS and Fox News covered three mass murders. Originally had this at the very bottom. Nearby, the numbers decided to move it way up because I, when I start looking deeper into this, I was this is kind of fascinating what happened here. So the top stories on Fox News last week was the tragic murder of four college students near the University of Idaho. The story is salacious and terrifying, and typical of the type of story Fox will spend an excessive amount of airtime on. Four college students were stabbed to death while they slept. So far, there is no known suspect, no sign of forced entry, and no known murder weapon. All the victims were young and white, with three being young, attractive women. Although the story is absolutely horrific and traumatizing for the victims' families and the University of Idaho community, it doesn't really warrant nonstop national coverage. Fox dedicated over 12 percent of its airtime to the story, even though no major developments had come to light in the two weeks since the murders occurred. The local police chief has made several statements that his department will not release some information because they think it would harm their investigation. PBS also dedicated two segments to the story immediately after the murders were discovered two weeks ago. Now, at this point, I went ahead and looked at PBS because I did think it was a little odd that that Fox spent so much time on this story. Because it wouldn't be odd if there were actual developments. But what was strange about it is there there weren't any. So Fox just kept going back and showing shots of the home and going over the same information they've already said. So they kept doing this over and over every single day last week. And that was what was odd about it. There's no new leads, no suspect, no details they hadn't already released. They just kept going over the same um, material, which was quite sad, I thought. Um, So I looked at the two networks, and I noticed that PBS didn't dedicate any time to the story since it's two weeks old and there were no new developments. Then I thought, let's look at the Walmart shooting, which happened last week, and the Colorado Springs shooting, which was also more recent. Now, in terms of the Walmart shooting, uh, Fox spent 1% of its airtime on that, and PBS spent 4% of its airtime. The Colorado Springs shooting, Fox mentioned it for all of 30 seconds, so that's like one-tenth of a percent, and PBS spent 11 and a quarter on the Colorado Springs shooting. They they did a full segment where they interviewed people from the community, um, especially the LGBTQ community. They talked to survivors, the whole nine yards. So I thought that was very telling. So Because most of the victims of the Walmart shooting were people of color. Most of the victims of the Colorado Springs shooting were LGBTQ. And of course, all four of the victims in the University of Idaho story were white. And three of them were attractive white women. So that just to me seemed very telling. So Fox News has a known pattern of putting a lot of emphasis towards a story with white, white victims, especially young, attractive white women. The bias towards covering murders and abductions of white women is so well known, it's even been named the Missing White Girl Syndrome. The University of Idaho murders appear to be the most recent example of this phenomena. Given the specifics of this case, I'm not sure how daily excessive news coverage will help law enforcement solve the murder. If anything, this will just put the victims' families through even more torment. And I don't mean to minimize these murders because they are absolutely horrific. To have four people killed in cold blood, no suspect, no leads, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying for that community, but I'm not sure why it needs that much national coverage, because I don't think it's helping investigators. If anything, it might be hurting the case. And it, it just seems like, ah, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Just, just almost, it just seemed unbalanced, just completely unbalanced. Again, if there were changes in the story, if there were updates, if there were new information, of course, go ahead report on it, but there's not. So it's like, why do we keep going back to the story? It just seems cruel because now the poor families cannot escape it. I, I don't. Of course, they're not going to be able to escape it, but to have it on the, you know, um, cable news so often like that, it's. I, I can't even. I can't even fathom being in their position. So the next uh, big topic up is Happy Thanksgiving. Everything is terrible. So I made a montage of clips from Thanksgiving Day on Fox News, and it was obvious that Jesse Waters' primetime was pre-recorded, as the host was using segments that were. Months old, and in his Thanksgiving-themed monologue, Waters laid the negative energy on thick. The Fox News host created a scenario of starving families huddled together to keep warm under the hellish conditions created by the Democrats and President Joe Biden. You're going to hear voices: uh, Jesse Waters, Rachel Campos Duffy, everybody's favorite Judge Janine Pirro, a little bit of Jessica Tarloff. It kind of bounces all around. And at one point, uh, in the middle of this. Um, Rachel Campos Duffy talks about he, he is going to be investigated. She's talking about uh, President Joe Biden. I just wanted to give that a little bit of context uh, so it makes a little bit more sense.
1: Democrats used the pandemic to flood our economy with funny money, leaving us with record setting inflation. Or maybe you have had to figure out a creative way to afford groceries.
2: Bottom line, I don't think anyone's sitting around the Thanksgiving table this Thanksgiving saying, I'M THANKFUL FOR JOE BIDEN.
1: NO, I DON'T THINK SO. GOOD LUCK BUYING A HOUSE. YOUR GROCERY BILL LOOKS MORE LIKE A MORTGAGE PAYMENT NOW. WHO SHOWS US HOW THE DEMOCRATS' GREEN NIGHTMARE IS KILLING US.
3: YOU KNOW WHAT? I HATE
2: THAT. I THINK IT SHOULD BE INVESTIGATED. BUT THIS IS DIFFERENT. This isn't just about corruption. This is about a national security he may threat. He, may, he is compromised by the Chinese. I have ta- spoken to several There is no fun on Thanksgiving. You, if you, you host you, you Thanksgiving, you, you buy it, you cook it, you clean it. Yeah, no.
1: Us. Because it's not just gas. I hope you've got plenty of blankets at home. It's going to get cold this winter. HOME HEATING OIL PRICES HAVE SKYROCKETED, LEAVING MILLIONS OF AMERICANS SCRAMBLING TO BUNDLE UP TO STAY WARM.
2: (laughs) I NEVER DO THAT AT MY HOUSE, BUT WHEN YOU GO TO OTHER PEOPLE'S HOUSES AND THEY DO THAT SWEET THING WHERE PEOPLE WRITE DOWN THINGS THAT YOU'RE THANKFUL FOR. OH, YEAH. I REALLY LIKE THAT.
1: THAT'S A GOOD ONE. NEVER HEARD OF THAT. YEAH, I'VE DONE THAT.
2: IT'S SWEET. Um, OKAY.
1: BORING. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: and a lot of times people are like full of it. It's like virtue are. signaling. They I'm faithful for world yeah, peace. are faithful for you. For real? No, I'm mad. You're yes. adding another person. Yeah. You made a mess on my yeah, table and you're there drunk. Go. Yeah.
0: I just want to add what a lot of um, people on Twitter added, that yes, that montage ends with Judge Jeanine Pirro complaining about a drunk person. I'm just going to leave that there. Just going to leave that there. You're drunk. I'm Judge Janine. Under my tent, I'm gonna be way too loud if I do Judge Janine's voice. I'm gonna have to go back and I'm gonna have to turn that all down. I'm gonna have to adjust my levels. Judge Janine! I know you guys always like it when I do my goofy impressions, and that's a little bit of Judge Janine. I wanna say very quickly, before I get into the next section, which has three quick, short media clips, uh, I checked this name specifically this week because. This particular politician has been on a bit of a rampage, claiming her election was stolen, and while Fox News has not had her back, they did not mention her once, and that is everybody's favorite, just like Judge Jeanine, Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake, who's my favorite person to imitate, and now I won't get to imitate her anymore because she's probably bound to the dustbins of history. Maybe she'll appear again. Maybe she'll get her own show on Fox. I don't know. Probably Newsmax. I think she's more of a Newsmax kind of gal. Or maybe AON. OAN. Whatever. They don't quite have the budget for her, though, because I think she would need quite the entourage and quite the filter. Let me tell you something. This election was stolen, and I'm going to crush you all. Okay, that's my Carrie Lake impression. She, I did... Man, her voice, it's just so manufactured. That's why I always cracked up over her because it was everything about that woman was polished, polished so bright. It was shiny, shiny like a dime. So the next section is Fox News has theories on why the GOP did not attract young voters. In the past midterm election, young voters came out in the second highest voter turnout for their age group in the past 30 years. The youngest demographic traditionally doesn't vote in large numbers, but this past election, most of them voted overwhelmingly for Democratic candidates. I tried to get my 20-year-old niece uh, to talk to you guys uh, on the podcast, but I I don't think she really wanted to do it. So I let her off the hook. Um, But the youngest demographic, because she did vote. She's a very proud voter. She voted uh, the first time when she was 18. She's now 20. Anyway, she's very excited. So the youngest voters... um, under the age of 30 were the most likely to vote for Democrat candidates. Fox News has a complicated relationship with younger viewers. According to Forbes, the median age for a typical Fox viewer watching the midterm elections on Fox News was 64 years old, whereas CNN's audience, although much smaller, had a median age of 57. Then I dug a little deeper into um, some of the ratings. This is all via Nielsen, uh, but I got it on Forbes. For the midterm elections, and 43% watched the midterms on broadcast network, uh, like a broad, broadcast network coverage. 57% watched it on cable networks. 7% were aged 18 to 34, 25% were aged 35 to 54, and 65% of viewers were aged 55 and older, which that tracks. Yet, at the same time, Fox News also fills up all 10 slots in terms of capturing The coveted 25 to 54 age group for cable television. That surprised me. That really did surprise me. So although The Five has a larger viewership of 3.7 million voters, and this is in like, I think this is from like two weeks ago, Tucker Carlson Tonight got a larger share of younger viewers as part of his 3.5 million viewers. And that age group, the 25 to 54, is what advertisers most seek, because they're the people who have the most disposable income and will change, will hop from brand to brand. Whereas once a person gets older, they tend to just stick with the same brands they've used their whole life. So it's a bit of a myth that Fox News doesn't attract younger viewers. The network does, but overall, those viewers didn't seem to make much of a dent in terms of voters. The anchors on Fox News seems fixated on this dilemma last week. So at the start of the week, Steve Ducey made some wild claims about how the social media app TikTok may have played a role in luring younger voters towards the Democrat party. Together.
3: The interesting thing about TikTok, you know, if you've got Facebook or Twitter, uh, they will uh, suggest who to follow and you decide who you want to follow. TikTok <clears throat> does not ask that. There's an algorithm uh, that figures out what the next video you're going to see is going to be. And when asked about who decides what the algorithm is, TikTok will not answer. What's interesting, and, and see a place to your point about how many young people are on TikTok. Uh, there's an item in The Hill today, and the headline is, did TikTok tip the midterms? Keep in mind, all those young people... On getting their news from TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reads in part if a substantial percentage of the younger voters in the midterms were getting their information about the world, including politics, from a social media outlet owned by a Chinese company and running an algorithm being manipulated by Chinese cyber engineers. They're suggesting, you know, there's no proof, but given the fact that the algorithm, which is a secret, and TikTok is run by a Chinese entity. Did they tip the midterms? That is the name of the item.
0: Um, And the algorithm on TikTok tends to just take you to similar videos. I've been on there before. I don't use it that often. But I tend to just watch a lot of cat videos because, you know, cats. And I am unashamed, by the way. And Chef Reactions, which is this funny deadpan chef who I find hilarious, who kind of makes fun of other cooking videos. That's it. I mean, I really don't go that deep into it, but I've never – I don't even see political content on there. When I go on there, it's just like, oh, look, it's a cat. A cat knocked over a tree. <laughs> oh, look, there's another cat knocking over a tree. And oh, look, there's two cats knocking over a tree. I "I, you know, hey, what? What do you want from me? Okay, anyway, on Thanksgiving night, right after his incredibly depressing monologue about the holiday, Waters misrepresented Biden's proposed student loan forgiveness plan. Now, this has been going on pretty much since Biden announced it. They keep misrepresenting misrepresenting this. Here we go. All
1: the relief for the college grad students that Biden bribed them with, they're using it for vacations and fine dining. You know, I think not you know,
3: paying down debt, such
2: a great point that you made because I have spoken with a number of young people and they're all talking about this uh, forgiveness of debt. And I said, I don't think this is going to happen for you because uh, there are charges that it's unconstitutional. But you know what? It worked. It, did. it
0: worked for the Democrats to actually lure in these young tribes do, do work promise. even
1: though they're illegal. They work politically.
0: Now that second voice that you heard was Maria Bartiromo, who's from Fox Business. And she's a little notorious because she's made a number of crazy statements. So, so again, I'm going to stress this. Now, Waters used the phrase, they're using it for vacations and fine dining, not paying down debt. Now, what he said is completely inaccurate because absolutely no borrower will get direct funds or a check from the government. Fox anchors have repeatedly misled their viewers about this program for months now. If the proposed plan survives the many court challenges it faces, borrowers will simply have $10,000 to $20,000 taken off whatever amount they owe. They will not have a choice on how to spend the benefit. The money will go directly to debt forgiveness. And what Waters was referring to when he said um, vacations and fine dining was a survey that found that borrowers would use the money they normally would have spent on payments for things like travel and dining out. Now, if that survey is accurate, That type of spending would help promote economic activity in the travel and hospitality industry. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. So it's actually better for the local economies if people spend money in nearby restaurants rather than send it to a federal student loan program. And I also want to point out something fairly obvious, especially if you're a little bit older, you totally know that this is true, this exact same argument could be made for any number of large tax breaks the Republicans have passed in the past few decades that specifically benefited the wealthiest Americans. But no one at Fox News is going to mention any of that. So the topic of young voters just kept coming up. In this next clip from The Five, more than one Fox personality made bold claims that young voters had been indoctrinated by the left. So this is from Friday, while sub-hosting on The Five, Rachel Campos-Duffy added one of her usual conspiratorial theories for why the Republicans weren't able to capture more of the youth vote. I have no idea how they did so well in the midterms. I suspect it's a lot of the indoctrination of
2: young people. We can talk about that later. And that's what and, this and was And big here. tech. And big tech. Agreed. That is the
1: end of the line, and uh-huh. they focus on that because they can indoctrinate 18 to 30-year-olds to vote for them like we just saw.
0: That last voice that you hear is Johnny Joey Jones. He's a veteran, he's, I actually really like him as a person he comes across as a very decent human being because he's not locked into the orthodoxy. I've seen him change his point of view and disagree with people and and that sort of thing. He seems like a person of integrity, even though I probably don't agree with most of his politics. But I I do actually respect uh, Johnny Joey Jones, believe it or not, there are a couple decent people on Fox News and I would put him in that corner. I don't think that the conspiracy theory is really the way to go with any of this. I think if the Republican Party and Fox News wants to figure out why young voters didn't vote for Republicans, they should probably sit down with some young voters instead of calling them stupid or claiming TikTok, you know, brainwashed them or they were indoctrinated. That's not really going to win them over. Just, you know, call me crazy. I don't think that's a winning strategy. Now, this next section I didn't catch. I missed these incredibly misleading statements until I had gone through five hours of PBS News and then I compared them to Fox News. I noticed that the story about a children's Tylenol shortage was not mentioned at all on PBS. So when I started researching the story, every single article was about a Tylenol shortage in Canada, not the United States. So I went back and revisited both segments that I'd seen on Fox News to see exactly how The network framed the story. And on Wednesday, the alleged Tylenol shortage was part of a quick 30-second headline news segment on Fox & Friends, read by Carly Shimkus.
2: Now, a uh, children's Tylenol shortage in America. The supply crisis unfolding as seasonal bugs return after being suppressed during COVID related lockdowns. The scarcity of children's Tylenol making it tough for hospitals dealing with a
0: surge in RSV and flu cases in kids. As of last week, a total of 14,000 patients have been admitted. So I didn't notice it the first time, but on the second viewing of the segment, I noticed the copy read Tylenol Shortage in America. So, technically, the shortage was affecting North America, not the United States, but the choice of words seemed intentionally misleading. So, on Thursday, the next day, Rachel Campos Duffy introduced a short medical segment featuring Fox medical contributor, radiologist, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Well, coming up, pharmacies across the country are running out of children's Tylenol
2: and other antibiotics as dangerous viruses like RSV mm. and the flu surge. A rise in cases of RSV and the flu causing store shelves across the
0: country to become bare of children's Tylenol. Now, a bunch of people noticed this on Twitter. I also noticed it, but I couldn't fit it in the tweet. Listen to the, There's a mistake in the copy. She says pharmacies across the country are running out of children's Tylenol and other antibiotics. So children's Tylenol is not an antibiotic. So the way that's phrased is just terrible writing, just sloppy. So Tylenol is of course a pain reliever and a fever reducer. So here's the actual segment, but yeah, I had to catch that other mistake because everybody caught it on Twitter and I'm like, I'm sorry I couldn't fit it. I only have 280 characters, including spaces. (laughs) Twitter's fun that way. Here we go. Joining
2: us now Fox News medical contributor, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. DR. Sapphire, HAPPY THANKSGIVING. THANKS FOR JOINING US THIS MORNING. Uh, SO TELL US good WHY morning, THIS. RACHEL. HAPPY THANKSGIVING. THANK YOU. SO WHY IS THIS HAPPENING? WELL, RACHEL, THE GOOD NEWS IS WE DON'T HAVE AN OFFICIAL TYLENOL SHORTAGE HERE IN THE UNITED STATES. REALLY, CANADA IS THE ONE WHO HAS PUT FORTH AN OFFICIAL SHORTAGE. AND SOME OF THE PLACES IN <clears throat> Upstate New York and other places are seeing some empty shelves. Here's the good news. Here in the United States, if you go to the pharmacy and you see that, you know, children's Tylenol, the shelves may be empty, it's likely to be replenished within the next day or even that same day.
0: Okay, now I just want to point out, if I didn't catch that, and I'm watching these shows with a spreadsheet, writing down every single guest, writing down how long they talk about a segment, all of that, how would a typical fox viewer catch that it was very subtle because in two bumpers they say you know two leads into the story they say tylenol shortage uh for children and then they said it in a 30 minutes a 30 second segment the day before so you get three little mentions that where they flat out say uh we have a shortage of children's tylenol the cryon underneath the story as rachel campos duffy's on one side of the screen and the doctors on the other side of the screen says stores running out of children's Tylenol. Canadian stores are running out of children's Tylenol. And I almost feel like, are they trying to create a shortage or panic? What's going on here? What is going on here? I don't know. I can't see inside the producers at Fox News, but that seemed incredibly shady. So bogus expert of the week. Time to do the goofy voice. Here we go. I'm in Missouri, so it's perfect. I'm gonna do my ma'am again. Hello. I... I'm going to introduce a section that my daughter came up with that she thinks is funny. And she started doing a goofy voice, and now her listeners ask her to do the goofy voice every time, and that goofy voice is me. What's up with that? I have a very classic St. Louis accent. Don't hate me. Anyway, so this bogus expert of the week, that means a fake, phony expert, someone who doesn't know what he's talking about, is Mark Marano. So give it up, Mark Marano. Cheers, applause, applause. Mark Marano, another repeat offender for this category. Morano writes books about green energy and climate change, but he doesn't have a background in either topic. Morano started his illustrious career working for Rush Limbaugh. Morano is a textbook fake expert. He's a grifter to his core. In 2009, Morano founded climatedepot.com, which is funded by the nonprofit Committee for Conservative Let me go back. It is funded by the nonprofit Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow, which is dedicated to debunking climate change science. The following is a condensed edit of his complete and utter nonsense. He says China nine times, Chinese four times. Then there's some absolute drivel about the World Economic Forum, United Nations, woke green climate fantasy. You get the picture. I love making these because I find them very silly. Here we go.
1: China, China, China China, Chinese owned companies. Chinese run firms. Chinese rare earth mining in China. China gets a pass here. China gets a pass. World Economic Forum, the United Nations. It's a, a sort of a corporate government collusion, woke green climate fantasy way. The US
2: won't be the world superpower after this. Right. China and India combined and his Well, they should keep their hands off of women's fertilities, that's for sure.
0: Does any of that make sense? Does it need to? No. But I included the Rachel Campos-Stefney quote about fertility at the end because she's a very outspoken pro-lifer, and I just thought that was kind of ironic considering. Okay, so this next category is stories Fox News ignored. This week it's not too bad because it was a slow news week because of the holiday. So very quickly, here we go. A 5.6 magnitude earthquake struck near Indonesia and caused all kinds of damage, and as the death toll has risen to 310. A combination of climate change and conflict has put millions at risk of famine in Somalia. Roughly seven million people, or half the population of the country, face chronic hunger. This next one's a doozy. Russia has continually targeted the energy civilian infrastructure in Ukraine in an attempt to freeze the Ukrainian people into submission as winter sets in. Last week in the capital of Kyiv, About 50% of Ukrainians went without power in near freezing temperatures. The UN estimates that more than 7.8 million war refugees from Ukraine have relocated to other parts of Europe, with an additional 6.9 million displaced internally. Roughly 50 mass grave sites have been found in liberated cities. Absolutely horrific. The last update on NASA's new moon mission, the spacecraft Orion entered a distant lunar orbit on Friday, where the spacecraft will remain for about a week to test systems in a deep space environment above the lunar surface before beginning the journey back to Earth. You'd think that Fox would report on that because it's not political. Haven't mentioned it. SCOTUS justices clear the way for a House committee to obtain Trump's tax returns. That's a big deal, and Fox did not mention it. DOJ wants to, the Department of Justice, wants to interview Mike Pence for their investigation into the riots at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Imran Khan, the former prime minister of Pakistan, along with his followers, continue their struggle for a return to power. Imran Khan is a former international cricket star turned politician. In March, he became the first prime minister in Pakistan's history to be ousted in a vote of no confidence. PBS featured an extended interview with Khan. This has been going on since March, kind of a big story, I haven't seen any mention of it on Fox. Twin blasts near a bus stop in Jerusalem killed a Canadian-Israel teen and injured 18 other people. Although bombing attacks like this were once more common, two decades ago they've become increasingly rare. The UK Supreme Court blocks Scotland from holding a second referendum on whether to secede from the United Kingdom. Congress passes a law banning non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, in sexual harassment cases. Hospitals are being hit with a triple combo of flu, RSV, which is a respiratory illness, it's very dangerous in children, and COVID-19 patients. It's also dangerous in older Americans. Georgia's highest court reinstates a ban on abortion after six weeks. This was after a lower court struck down the law as being unconstitutional. A study linked chemical hair straighteners to uterine cancer Chemical hair straightening products are mostly used by black women. The history of hair straightening in black women is partly due to racist attitudes towards natural African American hairstyles. That's it, that's all of it. Normally it's like twice the length, but it was a slow news week. So by the numbers, uh, this is the first time we've ever had this. Fox had a tie for five and it's kind of funny. So the top six this week were University of Idaho Murders, inflation, fan mail, because that was a whole hour of fan mail, Border Crisis, Anti-Biden, and Hunter Biden. The two Bidens uh, tied for the last slot. And PBS, their top five completely different. Again, slow news week, so they had a lot of artist profiles, author profiles. Then next up was Colorado Spring shooting, Ukraine, and looming famine in Somalia. Um, PBS had a wonderful segment on The Hours, which is an opera at the Metropolitan Opera Uh the apps I can't. I have nothing but great things to say about the few clips that I saw. If you get a chance to watch any of that online, opera's incredibly expensive to go to. So, I um, mean, you'd have to come to New York and all that. But if you get any chance to watch any of the clips from The Hours, anywhere on YouTube or whatever, please do. You, it was absolutely gorgeous. And Renee Fleming is in it. Renee Fleming. Renee Fleming. Anyway, um, I studied music in college. So, uh, yeah, I just adore her. So, words used on Fox News for the week ending... November 27th, 2022, it was Biden, topped the list at 165. Crime and criminal dropped to 66. This was a pretty boring week. Hunter Biden w- went way up to 53 mentions. Murder was mentioned 40 times. It probably had to do with the University of Idaho. Um, a new one that is making the list was a war on Christmas. Carrie Lake had no mentions, no mentions, and, uh, Indoctrinate was three. Herschel Walker only made it seven times. Also had some word from my brother who is visiting uh, for my aunt's funeral. Uh, My brother said that the long, there were long, long lines for early voters in Georgia. He lives in the Atlanta area and said that all he saw were people of color and young voters in that line, which bodes well for uh, for Warnock, not for Herschel Walker. And very briefly before I go, um i'm going i'm working on a piece about how the press has to cover somebody like nicholas j fuentes and it it would take me too long to explain it at the end of a podcast but dealing with somebody like him is like working with a live bomb you have to be very very careful about how you present any of his hateful content i didn't post any of it in the past couple days i've posted a lot about him but i haven't actually posted the many many horrible things that he said i don't want to repost it. I don't think it's necessary. I think we can write about it. We can tell people about it. We can inform them without actually uh, broadcasting it. Um, that being said, it is a very tricky thing. Uh, and if we, if the press like I, people like me who, who are very much against extremists like Nicholas J Fuentes, if we don't say anything, we leave it up to the sensational tabloid press, and outlets like Breitbart and The Daily Wire and Fox News and Newsmax to create the narrative. And we can't allow that. So there has to be a counter voice. And sometimes this is very uncomfortable material, but I'll go through it at length in written form with examples, um, hopefully soon this week. With travel and the funeral and and the visitation, it's gonna be very difficult, but I'm gonna do my best. And thank you so much for listening. I don't have my cats with me, so they don't say bye, my neighbor is, is watching Odin and Thor. I hope everybody had a beautiful, wonderful holiday and I will see you in the next podcast. Thank you so much.